Welcome to the All-American Savage Show podcast with your host, John Burke, and his far more attractive co-host, me. Now, let's get into it. That's what your mom said. <laughs> and welcome back to the All-American Savage Show podcast. I am your host, John Burke. Just me in the studio today, so it's going to be a very interesting episode of me trying not to screw it all up because it's pretty much what I'm good at. Oh, what's going on, world? What's going on, America? I hope you're having a wonderful day. It is raining out here where I'm at in Texas. Texas weather needs to make up its mind. Unfortunately, like it's either like super cold or just hot as hell. We can't we, we can't find like a middle ground here. It's either one or the other, and it's very annoying. Uh, but I guess I guess it's better that it's not icing or sleeting. It's actual rain, so it's not freezing on the ground. People are going to stay safe. Hopefully they do. Uh, what's going on, folks? Man, did I piss off MAGA this morning or what? I absolutely love this. I love this. Um, a lot of stuff to cover today. The outcome of the, uh, the primary is pretty much over. We got Ron DeSantis dropping out yesterday. Some people out there are, you know, getting their butt hurt feelings about those that called it, those that didn't. There's a lot to break down here, and I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. And I'm just going to tell people right now, if you're, if you're for whatever reason watching on Twitter or whatever the case, and I'm going to be ending the stream over there shortly, because again, I don't want to get banned for the things that I say over here on Rumble. Uh, if you're on Twitter, make sure you come over and follow at John Burke on Rumble. We appreciate that. But, um, just so much, so much to cover today. Uh, Ron DeSantis did make his announcement of withdrawing from the presidential election yesterday uh, after his his polling in Iowa, excuse me, his voters in Iowa, you know, having a 30 percent or 30 uh, point gap there with Donald Trump. It's not it's not it's not shocking. I still wonder, though, I do have the question is why he not wanted to participate or continue into New Hampshire. But only his campaign can answer that. That's up to him. Um, like I said, he had my support all the way up until he decides to. Uh, to back out. And I mean, he still, I still has my support. I'm not going to withdraw from that. I think he's the better candidate to have. Um, I liked a lot of his policies. I didn't agree with him on everything out there. I've, as I've said multiple times, but I do feel like the candidates, the GOP is putting up, that was the better candidate, quite honestly. So the question in everybody's mind, well, before we get to that though, uh, I got to say, that people that were trying to call this dropout campaign or him him uh, suspending his campaign, it's gotten so annoying on Twitter of people trying to score these slam dunk points of people saying like, look, look how right I was. I called this. And then people don't believe you. And then you, you take this positioning of, look, look, I told you so. Well, here's the deal. We've been hearing that from the MAGA camp, the Nikki Haley camp, from Democrats, that Ron DeSantis was going to uh, suspend his campaign months ago. This has been a reoccurring talking point that many of them had. So you'll forgive me if I suddenly just don't start believing random people on Twitter or the internet saying he's suspending his campaign. I'm just not going to do it. So I put out a tweet and I simply said, look, here's the deal. You're telling me to believe people that do not work for the campaign that are speculating because that's, list, that's literally all it is. You can speculate. You can make the assumptions, but you just don't know for sure. Certainly, we did see the flags. It did not look like a very sturdy ship at the end there. But at the same time, as long as Santa stayed in the fight, we're going to stay with him. We've got nothing to lose. I don't see why you would abandon somebody like that. But if you're going to vote, you know, a vote according to your conscience. But I'm not going to sit there and just bend the knee and suddenly start believing these random people who, by the way, have gotten other things wrong when it comes to saying, look, they, they're going to suspend their campaign. And then when he does, 24 hours later, saying, look, I told you, I told you. People have been saying that the entire time. So explain to me how we're supposed to take you any more seriously. We don't, nor should you. Whatever the campaign itself says, that's what you have to go by. The same, the same rules apply to, say, for example, Donald Trump's VP nomination. I've read MSM articles that showcase Trump's going to be picking from uh, Christy Noam uh, to uh, you know, Nikki Haley. Who knows? Who really knows? All political pundits are going to do for you is give their best educated guests. But in reality, we don't know. We can speculate. Glenn Beck thinks that he should pick Vivek Ramaswamy, who is a big, big pharma bro. I'm very curious to that one, but okay. If he picks Nikki Haley, the base I feel will revolt. I, I really genuinely feel MAGA does not want a Nikki Haley VP. And Trump asked people about these things. So the point being overall, people are going to speculate. They're going to say, this is what I think. And then if they get it right, they try and pound on the fact, look what I got right. But why is it they never pound on the fact, look what I got wrong? 
So that's what political pundits do. That's what political, that's what all podcasters do. It's speculation saying, but here's the reason. Here's the reason why I feel the way I feel or why I see it this way. So I can understand where some podcasters come from to kind of give the opinion as to why they feel this way. It's like it gives you food for thought. It really does. But it's the Alex Jones effect. It's the Nostradamus effect. You make so many different political prophecies, if you will. You're bound to get a few right, but it's very convenient to ignore all the stuff you've gotten wrong. That's the age that we live in now. People's attention spans are so short-lived that we're willing to say, oh, but no, 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 they got all this stuff right. It's the same metric by which we measure the FBI. It's like, look how much good they've done, but what's your metric for how much bad they've done? That's why I'm a firm believer of abolishing the FBI. I know that that doesn't resonate with some people, but it does for me. I don't support a big government that weaponizes itself to go after mom and dads at school boards protesting the idea of pornography in schools for children. I think that's a very... That's a very common sense approach. I think it's, it's, yeah, but no, but oh man, oh man, I got, I got a viral tweet going out. I got invited on a show tomorrow. I'm not sure who Stu Peters is, but it's one of his uh, podcasters, his representative. She invited me to come on the show. I'll be doing that tomorrow. I was on with Austin Peterson this morning about 830 and then Shannon Joy. Uh, that's why I'm streaming late today. I apologize for that. Shannon invited me on the show and we're a sponsor of her show. So you should definitely go check that out. Shannon Joy Radio over on Twitter and Rumble. She's amazing. She's out there, uh, you know, pitching her takes. And I think, she, you know, I think she's more prone to going RFK at this point. Um, let me just address this right now. Look, I'm not going to support Donald Trump. I'm just not going to do it. I'm going to give you my reasoning why. Uh, but I'm certainly not going to go from someone who I find to be more constitutionally principled, which is Ron DeSantis, not in all things, but in most. I'm certainly not going to take that positioning and then vote for RFK Jr. Now, look, I'm just going to tell you this right now. I'm not condemning anybody for who they vote for. I genuinely don't hate Trump supporters. I hate cultists. I hate bad faith liars. I hate these charlatans. I hate the grifters. I think that's a very fair positioning to have, don't you? I think I think it's very reliable. I think that we can sit here and say, look, I want a campaign that focuses on the policies, on the issues, because my God, folks, the economy is in the toilet. We've got issues upon issues upon issues. I don't care about the cosmetic nonsense of what the MSM wants you to focus on. We saw this exemplified under Donald Trump's presidency. Trump drinks a glass of water with two hands and the media goes wild. Oh my God, Donald Trump can't drink water. Or the, he make the sniffing noise. And they, they become so hyper-focused on this that it detracts away from the policies. Well, the same thing was applied during these runoffs. Now, again, the voters turned out. They didn't want Ron DeSantis in Iowa. Fair enough. I respect the process. I am not going to sit here and take the positioning of, you know, well, it was rigged. It was cheated. It, no, no. I'm not going to take that positioning. Democracy spoke. This is what the majority wants, and so be it. Now, I, I find it very interesting that Donald Trump came out and said, yes, I took Ron DeSantis' campaign very seriously. People tried arguing against that, saying, oh, he never took it. Yes, he did, because Donald Trump's not stupid. You'd be very stupid to ignore. Also, why the $40 million ad spend in attacking DeSantis? So, you know, ultimately, DeSantis' campaign, we can look at it, a lot of problems within it, a lot of issues within it. But is that something that's going to deter me from voting for the guy? No, I, I personally don't care about that. But there were some things that he could have done better. Of course, of course that are. So it's, it is what it is. But again, going into the, the voting uh, for the general election coming up, because again, Nikki Haley, she's not going to be lasting much longer. She came in third in Iowa. Her positioning now, very interesting that it's like, you know, it's just down to me and, and, and Donald Trump. It's like you came in third in the Iowa caucus. And how many of Democrats shifted over to vote for you to show Democrat support? I'm very curious as to that. So we'll see. But I do know that, you know, I feel genuine to this, that if Donald Trump decides to nominate Nikki Haley, which I don't know if he's going to do, but if he does, um, oh, bro, you've just tossed away the general. You really have. Nikki Haley is a neocon. She's old guard, Bush conservative. You know, she wants to get involved in Ukraine. She wants to get involved in Taiwan and China. This is She's made no ifs, ands, or buts about this. This is a woman that essentially wants to send your kid back overseas to defend some other country that we got no business being involved in to include Ukraine and Israel. And I love, I love the attacks that I'm getting on Twitter today. And I'm not, I don't read the comments, but I do get tagged in some things. And all I can do is laugh. People in my comments, you're not a real Republican. When did I ever say I was? Folks, 
Let me introduce you to a new kind of voter. And this is how I genuinely feel. I will not give any candidate my vote so willingly just to beat the lesser of two evils. This incentivizes zero change. The GOP is broken. It is broken. I find myself aligning more with the GOP than any other organization. But I'm not going to sit here. I will never tow a party line. Never going to do it. Never going to do it. I refuse. Simply say, this is my positioning because this seems to be the majority viewpoint of the GOP. This is what the voter base seems to want. I will not conform myself and my positioning to the needs of the majority as far as my individual vote. Not going to do it. I refuse to. So when people say that, okay, now that Ron DeSantis has dropped out, are you going to vote Trump over Biden? No, I will not. When I do a side-by-side comparison of Donald Trump versus Joe Biden, both of them do not like the Second Amendment. Both of them support the lockdowns. Both of them supported the jab. Both of them are big government spenders. You're asking me, this positioning would be different if we had a more conservative candidate. And I don't even like saying conservative, but a more less big government, a less whatever Donald Trump is. Some people will call him a conservative. I personally think he's a moderate Democrat based upon his policies. But it's, it's very interesting to see the reasoning that is going on now and the rationalizing or the, the seething and the coping of people that want Donald Trump that once at one point were not for Donald Trump. But because you hate Biden, now you're going to make concessions and start compromising your principles. You're going to start compromising the things that mean the most to you. The Second Amendment. Why? Well, we got to be Biden. No, I'm sorry. I, I just can't. I can't get behind that logic because here's the reasoning why. This will incentivize no change in the GOP. If we keep towing the line... If we keep repeating the same insane steps that we've always taken, how can we expect any difference in the outcome? And what I mean by this is if we do not force the GOP heads to start firing people and holding them accountable for the losses, the horrible spending, these ridiculous races, these ridiculous candidates then there will be no change. You cannot sit there and simply look at a lump of coal and then just will it to turn into a diamond by the pressure you feel in your mind. No, you actually have to utilize pressure to convert it. And this is no different than in our lives, our everyday jobs. You cannot expect change when there is no reason for change to be given. But instead, they keep us bogged down in this vote for this over that. It's an appealing argument. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's not without merit. But for me, I'm looking at the long game here. Now, people don't like this. They're not going to understand this. But it just means that we're going to have to suffer a little bit more, apparently, until America as a collective unit on the right gets their heads out of their asses. I don't see it changing anytime soon. So there are some DeSantis people that say, okay, I'm going to go ahead and get behind Trump. You're not my enemy. Hell, even Trump isn't my, I'm not actively going to campaign against Donald Trump. I'm not going to actively go out there and support Joe Biden. My criticisms of Donald Trump are not coming from a leftist perspective. They're coming from a constitutional one. So in many circles, you would say, I'm criticizing Donald Trump for not being conservative enough, or at least constitutionally sound, as he promised. Because again, all we've done now is just repeated the cycle. It's literally the same. And isn't it interesting how the MSM, media mouthpieces out there, conservative media, man, they shift so quickly. Fox used to be against Trump. Now Fox is parroting Trump. Because a lot of these mainstream mouthpieces are sitting back and they're waiting. They're waiting. You look at the late-term endorsements from the likes of, say, for example, Ted Cruz and the rest of them. They wait to the last minute to try and see which way they think the polar, or excuse me, the political winds are going to be blowing. Because they did learn this in 2015 that if you go against Donald Trump, you're going to face the wrath of the MAGA base. You don't want to risk losing your political comfort because you did not kneel in fealty to the king. That's a dangerous position to be in in this day and age when it comes to the GOP. When the leader, the president, demands fealty, loyalty, you can't disagree with him. Because if you do, well, then you're not backing MAGA, you're not backing Trump. 
but we have to have disagreement. But now we have voters that are so incentivized by the MAGA movement that if you are someone, for example, like Thomas Massey that didn't want to sign the CARES Act because it funded so much more government spending, and then you've got Donald Trump saying, well, we're going to throw you out of the party, and then you're going to sick all your politicians on that one person to try and get them either primaried or just not reelected. Tried that with Thomas Massey. And Thomas Massey, and some people will disagree with this, Thomas Massey is one of the most principled conservative, I would say constitutionalists, that we have in Congress. But Donald Trump says, if you oppose me, you're going to be done. Folks, it's not democracy. Sorry, it's just not. Why am I going to vote in favor of that? It's not small government. That's big government. Doesn't make sense to me. So, that being said, no, I'm not voting Donald Trump. It's just not going to happen. I don't know where I'm voting right now. I'll tell you that in all honesty. I don't know. I'm going to see and I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch what happens. I'm going to watch what unfolds. I don't know if he's going to pick Nikki. I think it'd be a very foolish move if he did. I've read some places where they talk about he does want to pick Nikki because Trump doesn't think that he's actually going to beat Joe Biden. And isn't it funny how Charlie Kirk, Charlie Kirk, this is MAGA. This is the GOP now. Charlie Kirk comes out there and right off the bat, folks, without missing a beat, he says... We are 288 days out from Election Day. Way too much cockiness right now on the right. Where was this message a week ago? The DNC and their dark money network has a plan. The RNC does not. We need to hire 1,500 full-time ballot chasers immediately. If not, we're going to have a repeat of the 2022 red wave that didn't happen. Stop looking at the polls. Let's get to work. Oh, 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 oh. Well, suddenly the polls don't matter. Suddenly polls aren't real. So now you've you've changed your positioning. Really? Okay. Okay. So then you lied before. You lied to meet an end goal. Folks, the things that I've said on this program, the things that I've tweeted out, I have not lied about any of them. Not going to. There's no need to. Just be honest with yourself. Be honest with the people. And if people don't like you, fuck them. <laughs> Who cares? I'm not here to make friends. I'm not a Glenn Beck that in 2015 or 2016, you see where the political landscape is blowing. And then Beck uses this excuse of like, and this is 20, you can go back and look this up. He used this excuse of, well, being the media lies about Donald Trump so much, I'm just going to put on the MAGA hat. No, Glenn, that's not why you put on the MAGA hat. You knew your subscriber base Your network was going to take a beating if you go against Donald Trump. You knew that. So you're not going to make that mistake again. So you endorsed him. And then you said that he should pick Vivek Ramaswamy as his VP because basically in Glenn's terms was, you can fight over here, Trump, but he's got your back over here. Well, if that's the criteria in which you want to pick a VP, I think DeSantis, even though he lives in Florida with Trump, I think there's other candidates better suited that actually have voting records to go off of. Vivek, he flip-flopped. He flip-flopped. He flip-flopped on the COVID. He flip-flopped on his criticism to Donald Trump. He flip-flopped. Didn't he? I mean, you remember he said, I cried on January 6th. I didn't cry. I watched in amazement going, what the hell's going on here? What, what is happening here? But that's what these political people do. That's what the pundits do. That's why independent podcasting and journalism and, and commentating is so crucial in this day and age. Now, you can openly criticize any of these mouthpieces and not be withholding to them for a paycheck. Not going to do it. So if you don't like me right now, buckle in because it's about to get crazy. I'm going to call balls and strikes like I always do. Unfortunately, my team's out of the playoffs now. But I do find it very funny. I do find it insanely funny that the MAGA trolls on Twitter that doxed DeSantis people, tried to get us canceled, tried to get us fired from our jobs, made threats, doxed the likes of Riley Gaines, called Casey DeSantis a see you next Tuesday, accused Casey DeSantis of faking breast cancer. I retweeted one last night where one woman wished domestic violence on a DeSantis supporter. Now, I'm not saying DeSantis people aren't without blame too. Clearly, you could have shots fired on both sides, but it's still continuing. The MAGA base is toxic. It is very toxic. So now when it comes time, as you've said many times, and I am speaking in the collective sense here because that's what you do towards us, so I'm going to show you the exact same 
uh, rules apply to you, the exact same logic. As you said in the past, you don't need our vote. Okay. Well, then let's look at Iowa. Let's look at the Iowa voting outcome. Trump got what, 31%? Okay, overall, he got 51% of the Republican vote in Iowa. 51%. of Republicans in Iowa do not want Donald Trump. So between now and the general, Trump has got a very difficult undertaking of uniting the right to vote for him. If we're going by the Iowa caucus, it's not looking good. If we're going by midterms, it's not looking good. If we're going by 2020, it's not looking good. Now, I asked Austin Peterson on the show this morning. Trump lost Arizona, Georgia, three other states. How's he going to win him back? Now, you can make the argument, I'll be fair on this, that Biden has done such a horrific job that maybe Democrats are going to shift to become more moderate, independent, and vote for Trump against Biden this one time. I don't know. It's possible. I mean, it's kind of likely if you ask me, yeah. I think his polling numbers or his his approval rating, it's just, it's in the gutter. You've got an absentee vice president that is responsible for the border that did virtually nothing. So it can go honestly either way. I don't know. But one thing I will guarantee you on the show, though, I'm going to be fair. I'm going to call the balls and strikes as we've always done because I've got nothing to lose at this point. I've buckled in. I'm getting ready for another four years, and we're going to see what happens. Now, you could try and blame me for if Trump loses. I personally don't care because I'll turn around and blame you and say you should have picked DeSantis. He was a better candidate. He could beat Biden. He resonates with independence. He's a good candidate. Hell, even Doug Burgum was like, mm, he ain't horrible. But still, he didn't have the, the base. So that's where I stand. That's where I stand. And I got this viral tweet going. What are we at, what are we at right now on this thing? It's got, uh, what, 262,000 views. <laughs> uh, I got Scott Pressler responding. Appreciate that. I like Scott. I said, the scientist, uh, somebody said, um, you know, I like how Tim runs his mouth on Twitter, talks about that. So DeSantis pledged to support Trump. So for DeSantis voters, and I love the appeal to more authority that he tries positioning himself here as, saying that if if you don't vote for Trump and, and DeSantis does, does that mean that you think you're smarter, better, and more moral than DeSantis? And all you got to do is reverse that. It's like, Tim, do you think you're more moral, smarter, or better than Donald Trump? Answer the question. And by the way, and this is why I tweeted this, DeSantis signed that pledge. And by the way, Trump didn't. Trump didn't. Again, you demand loyalty, but show none to the party, none to the people. I'm not saying I would, but I'm saying the man that's running on your ticket, he doesn't. So I said, DeSantis signed that pledge. Trump didn't, and neither did we. I'll vote on one condition. Beg. That's right. Beg us for our vote, because guess what? Now you need it more than we need you. You think your disgusting tactics come without repercussions? So it's just that simple. I want to see MAGA beg for our vote. Now, I'm just trolling. I'm, I'm trolling. I love the anger I get from people. I'm trolling you, MAGA cultists, the way you trolled DeSantis people for the last year. And I'm not going to be letting up anytime soon. I'm going to troll the absolute hell out of you. You alienated us. You called us liberals. You called us rhinos. You called us everything under the sun. And you could have ran a clean campaign. For the most part, DeSantis did. And what's sad about this, though, is DeSantis did not have to lie. He didn't have to lie about policy. Trump did. He was the better pick of the toe. So like I said, now that my team's out of the playoffs, I'm going to sit here on the deck of the Titanic, and I'm going to enjoy my popcorn and watch as this ship sinks. Why? Because it's for the greater good. It's for the greater good. You know, Donald Trump Jr. was already talking about a possible 2028 run. Last I checked, I could have swore we didn't like dynasties in America. I didn't think that we liked the Bush dynasty. I don't think that we liked the Kennedy dynasty. I mean, thank God there's not a Clinton dynasty. Good Lord. And for those of you that think you're going to attack me on the, the basis of being a Republican, I'm not. You're not going to back me into this corner and try, if you were a true Republican, I'm not, bro. I do not bend the knee to party allegiances. And this, this is the reasoning why we are in the situation that we're in. We continuously repeat the cycle that says we got to vote for the lesser of two evils. All politicians win in this scenario. And who loses? You, the people, you lose. You lose. 
Can you sincerely tell me when we have two old candidates up there out of touch, you're telling me this is the best that we have to represent America? Folks, I'm sorry. I disagree. Now, I have made my positioning very clear why I will not be voting Donald Trump. He is not pro-2A. He supports the jabs. He supports the lockdowns. He's even openly in Senate. He supported Fauci. Now, given, I understand that being in that position was not an easy position. But when has Donald Trump ever given a damn about what people have to say about him? He hasn't. That's one thing I do respect about the man. And I'm the same. You can attack me. You can say all manner of things about me. It doesn't matter because I'm not changing my opinion on this one. And you're not going to, you're not going to try and pressure me. I think that that tweet's got like a thousand. I don't read your comments. I don't care about them. I don't tweet these things out to get validation from you. No, I tweet out my opinions. And if you don't like it, you don't have to follow them. You don't even have to agree with them. Personally don't care, but I'm going to give you my honest take. You will not influence me. It's not going to happen. People are already, I, I'm, I can almost guarantee in those comments, they're trying to trying to make up everything. I personally don't care. It's what happens when you speak the truth and it pisses people off. Or at least troll. Trolling for memes. That is kind of funny. I'm not going to lie. This episode is brought to you by the All-American, the All-American Savage Show podcast. It's brought to you by ShellshockCBD.com. If you've not checked us out, highly encourage you to do that. We appreciate your love and support over there. Don't forget to check us out. Again, um, we've got spend $100, get the free hemp tea. You can check that out. It's a great deal we got going on right now. We have the strawberry, kiwi, and fruit punch and the new flavor in the sample packs. You can get those at shellshockcbd.com. By the way, if you can't sleep, we've got you covered there too. Say you got haunting dreams of Nancy Pelosi cackling. Yeah, we can help you out with that. We can put you to sleep. Just that easy. No, not the Canadian version to where you don't wake up, but the way of CBD and melatonin. By the way, every single one of our products comes with 100% money back guarantee. If it doesn't work for you, I will 100% refund your money. No fans or buts, no questions asked. Be happy to do it. You work hard for your money. You want to pay for a product that delivers on what it promises. We exemplify that at shellshockcbd.com. So check us out. Again, use code SAVAGE. Save yourself about 10% off. You want to support the show? Also, you can follow me over on the locals. It's attached to my Rumble account here. We appreciate that. Um, we have our most ardent supporters always tuning in and, and helping us out. We, I mean, we're almost at like 1,000 live viewers right now. We appreciate it. Thank you guys so much. You guys are awesome. Um... Who was it? Um, who was it? Nancy Mace that came out and endorsed Trump? Was it Nancy? I forget who it was. I forget who it was. I like how people say the grift. What's the grift? This is the thing. When you when you have these types of disingenuous types of trolls and commenters, and you actually engage with them, you'll find nine times out of ten the things they say they can't back up with any example. I've accused. I've been accused of being a sellout. Who did I sell out to? Who's who's paying me? You know, there's. There's filings that you can actually look this stuff up at. You see, the problem is with people, they just don't understand what principled people look like anymore because you're accustomed to seeing people like Donald Trump that says one thing and then does another. Or like a Joe Biden. Well, he actually does what he says he's going to do because he's a piece of crap. That's what you're accustomed to. So when I come along and I simply say, show me the grift. Show me the grift. Show me the sellout. Well, suddenly... You get quiet. You don't have a lot to say about that because there's no proof. The same proof that I heard from MAGA, Ron DeSantis is the is the GOP Jeb Bush support. And you sit here and you try and rationalize with these people and you can't because there's two different ways to approach this. We can use the logic of Trump does have to unite the GOP. When Trump ran in 2015, 2016, and he won, he had to unite the GOP. And from 2016 to 2018, we had the holy trifecta. What did we get done? Not a whole lot. Republican representatives did not want to unite with Donald Trump. It made for an issue, which tells me you've got to have a leader that possesses the leadership characteristics to unite people. So when I talk to Trump supporters in general, and I ask them about this, I say, okay, if Trump couldn't make it happen in 2016 to 2018, because he couldn't get Republican unity, What's going to change? This is it for Trump. If Trump does win this, he's only got four years to serve. That's it. So what's going to change? What Trump ushers in, and I've made this point very, very clear, what Trump ushers in. Now, just hear me out before you pass judgment on this. 
We have seen the likes of Marjorie Taylor Greene bend the knee in fealty to Trump. Let me, let me position this question to you. Let me pose this question, and you, you answer me honestly. If Marjorie Taylor Greene was put in this position to where the majority of her voters disagreed with a policy from Donald Trump, but Donald Trump told Marjorie Taylor Greene to support it, which way do you think she'd go? I'm being genuine in this question. I'm being very genuine in this question. Daddy T is living rent-free, but you're in my stream helping my analytics, so I'm not really sure what you're referring to, and Trump is in the news. So you talk about rent-free. You people have been the ones that have been attacking DeSantis for the last year. You can say rent-free, but I don't think you also understand the positioning you're in now. Now you, you, what's your name? Buck Passer? Oh, that, that stands to reason. Now you, and I'll personally hold you accountable for every screw-up that Donald Trump has between now and the general. And if he does get elected, I'm going to hold you accountable for every screw-up. So you're in the spotlight now. I don't think you understand that. I don't think you realize that. Now all guns, metaphorically speaking, figuratively, excuse me, are trained on you. So you can try and rebuff this whole thing about, oh, living rent-free. The fact is, you've really dug yourself into a hole. And you can't refute any of the facts that we say. Now, to compare me to someone like Bill Mitchell, that guy, yeah, he's just way off the table on this stuff. He, he engagement farms and baits and stuff like that. I don't have to. I just give you the truth and your types, you melt. Hence why you're in my Rumble chat right this very moment. Right this very moment. You're one of 980 people watching me. So I guess, by your logic, I'm living rent-free in your head. And I'm not even to the same level of Donald Trump. Now, that's pathetic on your point, sir. You should really do yourself a favor and go reevaluate your life. Please do. But anyway, the point still stands. Marjorie Taylor Greene, I feel, by large, would choose Donald Trump over her own. I think that's generally what she would do. So when you've got a politician that's supposed to represent the people that will side with the president, the president is wrong, I'm sorry. That now tells me that it's the party's been compromised. We have to have disagreement we have, we cannot have echo chambers. So when you see the J.D. Vances, when you see the Lauren Boberts, when you see the Matt Gates, by the way, Matt Gates, oddly quiet on Speaker Mike Johnson, getting us the same thing that McCarthy was going for. Not a peep. Not a peep. Where'd they go? Where'd they go? I love it. I absolutely love it. Suddenly, crickets. Not a word. Not a peep. It's more of the same. You just don't get it. You just don't realize this. Gates went in there without a plan, threw the house into disarray, literally threw a wrench to the machine and crossed his fingers and hoped for the best outcome. And what happened? You got Johnson, whose fundraising capabilities, they pale in comparison to McCarthy's. And then he turns around and passes, you know, he signs off and the government spend it. It's, oh yeah, this, this is great. More of the same. More of the same. But this is the, this is the difference between people like this buck chaser or buck passer. And the, again, that stands the reason why his name is that. The difference is I'll sit here and say, this was stupid from the get-go, but you with your blind loyalty and fealty, because honestly you're a loyalist and you people are honestly just the, the most worthless voter base I've ever seen in my entire life. You don't represent any constitutional base whatsoever. You don't care about the rights. You don't care about the second amendment. Instead, you just care about, as you said, daddy Trump. That tells me you're not serious voters. And quite frankly, you're just stupid. That's, that's literally what it boils down to. You're just stupid. And if that's the case, and we have more stupid voters than common sense one, then I'm sorry, but America deserves this. So we're going to buckle up and we're going to see what happens as MAGA drags us along to see what we do in the general election. Now, again, am I going to campaign actively against Donald Trump? Of course not. I'm not going to back Joe Biden. I'm certainly not going to back RFK Jr. Not going to happen. RFK Jr., I've been asked about that. And some DeSantis people are. I'm, I'm not going to. I, I, RFK Jr., he's great on COVID transparency. He's really good with that. I'm not going to lie. RFK Jr. is not a supporter of the Second Amendment. He did say he wouldn't sign a federal weapons ban. Fair enough. But in the past, you've also not said that. This guy has been a massive climate change person. Can't agree with that. Matter of fact, just yesterday, he tweeted about raising the minimum wage. Economically speaking, I cannot agree to that. 
I believe in no government interference and involvement into the free market. I do not agree with that. So when RFK says these things, I'm just kind of like, look, I thought Trump was bad. You're even worse. Why would I vote for you? Why would I go from Ron DeSantis all the way over to RFK Jr.? I, 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 I cannot... I cannot endorse that. I'm sorry. So where I stand now is I'm going to be a voter of principle. And if a candidate does not earn my vote, I'm not going to vote. I know that offends a lot of you. And I I would probably see that. I could understand that position maybe two years ago. But now I feel it's time for a change. It's time to turn a different direction because I feel the GOP has failed us. I I genuinely feel it has. We have Ronna McDaniel still there making horrible calls. Trump endorsed. I'm sorry. I I just don't feel that we are authentically represented by this president. So I'm not going to support it. He doesn't have my vote. Well, it's a vote for Joe Biden. Technically, it's a vote for neither because I'm not a Republican. You weren't going to get my vote just by the premise of being a Republican. Not going to happen. Sorry to upset you, but that's just the truth. All right, let's get into the show today, folks. Glad you're here. Uh, Rumble, just ignore the trolls. Let them be. Actually, they actually help the analytics. So thank you for all the trolls in the chat. Not changing my mind on anything. So mm, stay mad. Get this. Get this. This is the greatest thing ever since sliced bread. Zelensky's got a new way to incentivize you, the American public, to send your sons and daughters to go fight for Ukraine. Have you seen this? You know what this is? Oh, it's the greatest thing since sliced bread. Here it is. Ukrainian citizenship. For foreign fighters, says Zelensky. Oh, how Romanesque. Hey, Roman citizenship for anyone that fights for the glory of Rome. I mean, it's kind of fitting. Rome was very politically corrupt, morally bankrupt. Ukraine's not much different, if at all, really. Ukraine will change its citizenship law to allow foreign volunteer fighters to become Ukrainians, as well as all ethnic Ukrainians around the world get passports, no matter how many generations different, the president said. Wow. Wow. Well, for, (laughs) it's just, who gives a damn about Ukraine? I'm sorry. I I don't see the incentivization to want to be a Ukraine citizen, especially now when your country's being invaded. You know where I like to visit, folks? A country that's being invaded. Yeah, why not there? By Russians. Wow. Zelensky's very upset that Israel's getting more press coverage than, than Ukraine right now. Ukrainian President Zelensky announced a raft of new laws he has submitted to the national parliament on Monday in a speech marking the Ukrainian Day of National Unity, an annual celebration of the short-lived 1917-era Ukrainian People's Republic. <laughs> Among the announcements are a serious uh, liberalization of the Ukrainian citizenship law, allowing dual citizens for the first time and opening up passports to the global Ukrainian Diaspora, as well as foreign military volunteers. We got a super chat and Rumble says, uh, John, do you think Trump's goal was to torpedo the entire Republican Party with his poor picks? No, 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 no. I, no. Here's the thing. Do I think Trump was bad faith? No, I just think he's got really bad picks. I don't think Trump knew what he was really getting himself into in the political landscape. I didn't think he thought it would be this difficult, especially the MSM. I'm not going to sit there and say that Trump was the worst thing ever. He certainly wasn't the best. He certainly had a very uphill battle. But then after time, you start to wonder and question how many of these battles could have been avoided by just simply not picking them. Trump has a bad way of doing that. So also Trump's picks are not very good. Do I think any of this was intentional? Uh, No, I think Trump in many situations tried to find a middle ground, hence the Second Amendment. But it's one of those things that you cannot find a middle ground with Democrats on the Second Amendment. You cannot. There is conceding no ground at all. I don't care because folks... What if there's another Vegas shooting? What if Trump's the president and there's another Vegas shooting or another, uh, you know, Broward County? Well, he already sacrificed some of your rights. He already sided with the ATF on the bump stocks and suppressors. What's to say he wouldn't do that again? He's already done it once. I'm sorry. I have to go by the actions, not the words. And the Second Amendment is very crucial. It's very important to me. Speaking from Kiev in a video address, Zelensky said everyone who has Ukrainian blood in their veins should finally become Ukrainians by passport. What is that term the Germans used for this for World War One or World War Two, where they said come back to the um, come back to Germany, Mother Germany? You know, oh, what was the actual German term for this? I, I forget. Every German that had German descended blood in their veins, like come back and fight for the motherland. He's taking the same playbook. I cannot remember the actual term for this. The German word. 
but uh, that's that's you know this is this is a last stand. This is one of those things of like, man, uh, we're really having a difficult time. Let's try and appeal to the the nationality, the nationalism. I don't think it's gonna work. I don't think it's gonna work. Arshvikan, <laughs> stop. That's not it. That is not it. Uh, all those with Ukrainian heritage would be eligible, he said, except, of course, for citizens of the aggressor country. Okay. Also theoretically eligible for Ukraine's blue passport would be those who volunteered from other nations to fight for Ukraine. Zelensky said foreign volunteers who took up arms to defend Ukraine, all those who fight for Ukraine's freedom as if it were their homeland. And Ukraine will be such for them, for everyone who can feel that being in Ukraine means being at home, not a tourist, not as tourists, but as citizens. Uh, (laughs) Uh, What? Do people fall for this? Do people really fall? I, I, you know, I imagine some. I actually had a friend that I served in Iraq with literally went over there to go fight in Ukraine. I'm just like, dude, okay. I think a lot of veterans, though, they just miss this thing of battle. I get, I get the allure. I get the appeal. It makes sense. I get it. But you're really, you're really willing to risk your life to go fight and die for an EU NATO-created issue. I'm sorry. I cannot agree to that. But if you, if you want to, by all means, be my guest. Go over there and fight. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Oh, my gosh. How we doing, chat? How we doing, kick? How we feeling? I'm sorry. Kick always feels so neglected. Uh, it's the father. It's the motherland. It's the father. It's whatever land they say it is. Uh, it's hilarious to me. But, again, you see these issues, the EU, that NATO, that all these kind like even the Obama administration set up and facilitated the overthrow in 2013, 2014, via the CIA. This has been proven. Ukraine is America's fault. I shouldn't say America. It's the American government's fault. But now they want you and your sons and daughters, well, you get to go fight and die and clean up the mess they helped create. Do you understand why this whole big government thing really doesn't do us any good at all? Speaking of, like, surprises, which I didn't, John Letterman changes, or John Fetterman, John Letterman, John Fetterman changes political identity as he fights Democrats on the border. Who saw this coming? Wait, what <laughs> What world do we live in when the likes of John Fetterman, ex-vegetable, who actually sounds decent now, I guess he recovered, now actually makes sense? I'm curious to that. Very curious to that. He actually makes sense. Not in all things, though. Not in all things. Democrat Senator John Fetterman's shedding of the progressive label he once proudly espoused is partially due to some liberals' views on immigration and the southern border. Folks, this is an indicator right here. Even Democrats are getting fed up with the open border. They do not like the open border. Why? Because they're starting to realize what they preached does not apply in practice. Eric Adams out of New York trying to sue the bus companies, the bus companies for busing illegal immigrants up there. You're trying to sue them. To deflect away from the fact that you said you're a sanctuary state and now you can't handle the financial strain. More importantly, your voters can't. So now Eric Adams is in damage mode. Deflect, 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 deflect. Do everything we can to shift the blame away from what that man ran on. Ultimately, it's Democrats' fault. That's hilarious. That's It's Democrats' fault. Isn't that the greatest thing ever? that they run on the narrative that most, I would say, leftist Democrats run on to fund the police, open the borders, sanctuary cities, sanctuary state, bigger welfare program, welfare program, all these things. And then when it comes time to actually pay the bill, well, suddenly liberals start pearl clutching. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. You mean I got to, they mean, I, Lindsay, Lindsay, have you seen this? They're saying that I got to put a brown person in my house. I got to be the one to take care. Oh, my God. No. Suddenly, the Martha's Vineyard's elites are like, oh, let's get the brown people out of here. So you, you preach one thing. And then when it comes time for you to actually pay the Pied Piper, you start singing an entirely different tune. But guess what? It's too late now. They're your problem. They're your problem. You deal with it. You deal with it. I'm just... <laughs> I'm at a loss on this one. Try to sue the bus guy. Okay, okay. 
Now Greg Abbott's at it with the federal uh, employees, the Border Patrol down there in Eagle Pass. Good for Greg Abbott. Again, glad to see it. I mean, took you long enough. Ah, man. Nanya Business, Texas 135, the monthly supporter. Thank you so much on Rumble, sir. I greatly appreciate that. Sincerely. A senator from Pennsylvania defeated Republican challenger Dr. Mohammed Oz, who was backed by Trump, by a five-point margin in 2022. And that election and the years leading up to it, including during his failed 2016 Senate bid, Fetterman defined himself as a progressive and backed Senator Bernie Sanders, the Democratic Party's presidential nominee that same year. He has shied away from the designation as of late. I think Fetterman didn't really understand just how anti-Semitic the left has become. And this is one of those things like, look, you take this for what it's worth. Now, Donald Trump is campaigning. He's campaigning for the general. Okay, the primaries are over. Look, Nikki Haley, she doesn't stand a chance. She's out of this thing very shortly. We all know this. It's just a matter of when. Why is she staying in? I have no idea, but teach their own. Now, this is what, this is what Republicans need to do. Fetterman opens up, and I, I said this before. Fetterman opens up a very, very target-rich environment for the anti-Semitism that is rife within the leftist ranks of the Democrats. Now, that needs to be the card, the G, and I'm saying this from just an observation point. That needs to be the era you zone in on. Tune into that one thing and hammer them as hard, because it's split the DNC. Fetterman is my point on this one. The guy was a Democrat, and then he sees, he turns around and looks at like people calling for genocide against Israel. He's like, whoa, wait a minute. And then he sees the open borders. like, hold on, wait a second. I'm, I'm starting to realize something here. Now, do I think he's going to shift conservative? No, I don't. But I think he's shifting more moderate Democrat. We'll see. It's interesting how the political lines get redrawn so much. Newsweek reached out to Fetterman for email comment. Um, the first time Senator on being a progressive, yet said it's not him, but others whose positions have changed, adding that President Joe Biden and his administration are aware of the need of comprehensive solutions. I think Joe Biden is banking on the idea of importing more voters or attempting to. Democrat-run cities like New York, which have been inundated with migrant arrivals for nearly two years, should be supported financially at the federal level, Fetterman said. Say I disagree on that one. I don't understand why it's controversial to say we need a secure border, Fetterman told CNN's Jake Tapper on Friday. I've been really clear. In fact, that was weaponized against me by Republicans in my race that I'm very much a strong supporter of immigration. My wife's family, there's an origin story about that. Last month, the senator received scrutiny for mentioning his wife, Giselle Barreto Fetterman, in relation to the border. Giselle, born in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, came to the United States with her family as an undocumented citizen, or excuse me, undocumented immigrant at age seven. She was an illegal immigrant until she received a green card in 2004 and became a U.S. citizen five years later. Giselle was widely praised for being not just a good wife, but a campaign surrogate when Fetterman suffered a stroke in the months preceding his election with Oz. I think two things can be true at the same time. You can be very supportive of immigration, but also need to have a secure border. It's almost like, again, this is another classic example of how the left will condemn the right for something. The media will to run primarily against Donald Trump. For example, the Muslim ban from seven different countries. That wasn't Donald Trump. That was Obama. Trump just honored it. You can go look up the creation of these policies for yourself, folks. It's not that hard to do. But instead, who did the media blame? They went after Donald Trump. But it was actually Obama. And I agree with Obama's positioning on that. I agreed with Trump's positioning of supporting it. But it shows you the MSM is going to pick up the narrative they feel is number one, they get them the most clicks, resonates with their, va- with their voter base or their listener base. And they're not going to tell you the truth. Fox News does the same thing. It's no different. It's the same thing. So now to see Fetterman taking this kind of shift, Democrats in general, isn't it interesting? I mean, do you see this? I see this. You see more Democrats now coming out and saying, wait a minute, we need to kind of start looking at the border issue here. We need to start looking at what's going on at the southern border, how this is affecting us. How many more people have to die from fentanyl? Now Democrats are singing a different tune. Fetterman, again, is the case in point. You see, liberals always do this. You will stand on principle, and your principle is flawed. I do see the reasoning why. they. I mean, they, they genuinely believe this stuff. They're kind of the touchy-feely Like, oh my gosh, I just wish everybody could get along. I wish that we could all make the same amount of money and that we could all go off to Disney World and say, well, it doesn't work that way. 
not a capitalistic society. And sure, it's going to have its hangups. I understand that, that liberals, by and large, actually believe the nonsense that they're, they're preaching to everybody else. But then when it comes time for the practical application of these principles, if you want to call them that, you start to see economically, it doesn't make sense at all. You cannot be a country with an open southern border where illegals are pouring in from literally all over the world. That is a national security interest. That's an economic massive disadvantage. So finally, Democrats are starting to wake up and see this. We saw Texas Democrats' strongholds start to, you know, eventually start to say, look, we're, we're getting tired of this. Start to turn red a little bit. We saw Beto didn't resonate in Texas. They, we didn't want him. The border is a big issue. Beto flip-flopped. He's like, you know, I'm not, you know, hell yeah, we're coming for AR-15s. And then Beto switches again. He's like, I'm not interested in the Second Amendment. You are six months ago. So what am I supposed to believe as a voter? I'm very curious to this. It's nuts to me. That's nuts. Without Trump, HRC would have wrecked the Supreme Court. Oh, no, no doubt about that. I voted for Trump twice. He did good at the beginning, but then he supported the, the lockdowns. He supported all these things. So you can sit there, and this is this is what these times, and I'm about to ban this moron because he's an idiot. He makes no valid positions whatsoever. You focus on the things he did before, but you're not focusing, you memory hole the things he did after. You, you seem to intentionally forget that part of it. And you sit there, and I would love to put you in front of mom-and-pop businesses that were destroyed, those that had family dead from the clot shot, and this has been proven. You tell them. You tell them what you try and come in here and preach to us. You won't because you don't have the balls to do that. I dare you. I dare you to go find one of these families that lost everything for this pandemic that you people even called it that. You did, Buck Chaser, you did. And then suddenly you take a different positioning when it's your guy back. So it's like, I wish you would at least have the balls to be consistent in your beliefs because we do. You do not. That's the difference. And that's why people like you are so stupid. You are so stupid. And no, he didn't give the power to the governors. He literally tweeted that out. They have to go through me. All right, look, if you're going to come in this chat and you're going to try and debate me on things you don't know about and there's literally been proven wrong, you need to go somewhere else because I'm tired of you idiots. I really am. I'm not going to deal with you anymore. The facts are there. You choose to memory hold them. You choose to ignore them. So be it. You're the ones I ultimately despise and you are scum. You are scum. Now, if you're a Trump supporter that says, look, Look, I disagree with Trump on these things, but I like the economy that we had. I'm going to vote for him. It's like, look, I get that. that, I, that look, that's fair. Fine. That's good. I'm not against those people. But don't you dare sit there and come into this chat room, come into my area of expertise and lie to me and expect me to believe your bullshit. That's not going to fly here. Bill O'Reilly called a no spin zone. <laughs> Absolutely not. The truth is the truth. Now, you can either acknowledge that and debate the facts or not. It's really up to you. I personally don't care. Trump did say they have to go through me. Now, realistically, it was up to the governors. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But then when the governors did try and reopen, what did Trump do? He attacked them. So it's like saying, hey, you can do that, but if you do it, I'm going to smack you. Well, then I'm kind of confused on your position here. You're trying to get the best of both. Stop fence riding. Pick a side. I think I think that's fair. I think that's a fair assessment. All right, let's keep going. Who <laughs> who wants to fly these days? These 747s, oh my God. Oh my God. DeSantis pushed the jab, shut down the state long after Trump was out of office, just being honest. No, he didn't. Trump, DeSantis did shut down. He did, yeah. He did push the vax, absolutely. But he did recant. He did reverse course. He did do that. Did he or did he not? I've also condemned DeSantis. Look, I'm going to be fair on this one. DeSantis did do some things wrong. I agree with that. I 100% agree with that. But at the same time, DeSantis reversed course and said, look, the Florida Surgeon General says this is not the truth. We're, we're going we're gonna to stop this. No, no, absolutely not. Fair enough. You were wrong. Your course corrected. Good. Trump hasn't done that. I've, I've made this point over and over and over again. Trump has not done that. He will not take account. That's why he ducked the debates. He knew. He knew that if he debated Ron DeSantis, he'd get shredded on COVID. Let's not make any ifs, ands, or buts. He would get shredded on COVID. That's why he did not want to take the stage. And also, from a political position, you're not going to. Why would you? If you're up by the polls, polls had him up like 50 to 60%, which they were wrong, by the way. 
Yeah, I probably wouldn't either. It's, it's kind of like the whole do robo dope thing. What's the point? What do I have to win out of this? If you figure the DeSantis voter base are disenfranchised MAGA voters, well, there's nothing you're going to really say that could bring them back. All you really have to do is kind of lose voters to a degree. So then why even engage? I get, It was a smart political tactic. I'm not going to deprive the man of that. I did want to see him debate. It wasn't going to happen. I mean, everybody knew that. Now, here's the other thing. It's going to be very interesting to see MAGA suddenly, and here's, they're going to get mad that Joe Biden is not going to debate if Biden is the one they run. If Joe Biden is the one they run. I don't know. I generally, I thought it was Newsom. Newsom got shredded by DeSantis in the debate. I think the DNC was testing Newsom out on that one, being he did not perform well. I think they're going to pick somebody else. If they pick Biden, I will be very, very shocked. Sincerely. This guy He's on his last. He's got one foot in the grave, one on a banana peel. This guy doesn't have much left. He's he's, he's one press conference away from dropping a hard R N word. Like you're gonna see, like the racist roots really come out of this guy, and then they're like, "Oh crap, we'll see." Some people are speculating Michelle Obama. I really don't know. I really don't know. We'll see on that one. I- <laughs> Joe Biden is just a walking kind of time bomb. Eventually, he's going to step on that landmine, both feet firmly planted, say, "Eh?" boom, done. So (laughs) it's going to be funny to watch. But that's also why they're trying to keep Biden away from the microphones, keep him away from the press. You don't want this guy going out there and truly showcasing the colors of the DNC, which is just, you know, so much racism. But speaking of flying again, um, man, you've seen the door that fell off, or not the door, the, the, the... the panel that came off the, what was it, 747? New York City bound flight canceled when passenger notices missing bolts on plane wing. Hey, what? <laughs> you can't make that. Uh, a New York bound Virgin Atlantic flight was canceled just moments before takeoff last week when an alarmed passenger said she spotted several screws missing from the plane's wing. British traveler Phil Hardley, 41, was on board flight VS-127 at Manchester Airport in the UK January 15th when he noticed the four missing fasteners during a safety briefing for passengers and decided to alert the cabin crew. I'm a good flyer, but my partner was not loving the information I was telling her and starting to panic, and I was trying to put her mind at rest as much as I could. Hardly told the Kennedy News Agency of the moment he spotted missing fixings. I thought it was best to mention it to a flight attendant to be on the safe side. Engineers were promptly called out to carry out maintenance checks on the Airbus A3330 aircraft before its scheduled takeoff to JFK International Airport in New York City, a Virgin Atlantic rep said. Those are the missing bolts right there. Yeah, I can kind of see the, uh, it's one of those things like, do I really want to know like the lack of maintenance that appears to like not be happening on some of these airplanes or do I want to like, you know, the whole ignorance is bliss thing. I don't know. Footage shot by uh, footage shot by Hardy showed one of the engineers climbing on the plane's wing before using a screwdriver to tinker with some of the fasteners. Uh, does anybody anybody in the chat work in the uh, the airline industry? How how common is this? Hmm. Aftershock, yeah, I've tweeted out many times. I'd, I have to go back and look at the tweets. It's there. It's uh, it's there. Anybody, does this, is this common practice in the airline industry? Kind of like a few, few screws here and there. It's acceptable. Very curious on that. Uh, both Virgin and Airbus stressed there was no impact to the safety of last week's aircraft, despite the missing fixes. Uh, and if it's not, why did you replace them? <laughs> I mean, uh, you say one thing. I don't know about that. Um, I don't know. That would make me very nervous to fly with them. Uh, here we go. Certainly last, but, uh, not least, um, pressure builds for Nikki Haley to drop out of the GOP primary. I don't know. I don't know why she hasn't called it yet. Tremendous pressure is building for now. Number one, she knows she's not going to win. You came in third. Your point spread is just, it's bad. It's really bad. Outside of Vivek, who was like seven points, you came in like, what, 19? She had 19 points, 90%? Not good. I do, but I think your sub chats for, for Rumble are not showing. Uh, Gore, what's the status on that? Gore, you're in the, let me see. Okay, so you do? Okay, well, you didn't, you can give me a, give me a, a reason here. 
Um, tremendous pressure is building for former Governor Nikki Haley to drop out of the GOP presidential primary, according to polling and political experts. After Governor Ron DeSantis exited the race Sunday, Haley's path to the nomination did not appear to improve. In fact, DeSantis' endorsement of former President Donald Trump further consolidated uh, support behind the former president, placing pressure on Haley to also end her fledging campaign. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly shocked she's still in this race. She apparently has some big donors because ultimately it comes down to, to donations. Is the money there? Can they keep going? Uh, gotcha, angry drinker. Test gotcha. Um, yeah. Final New Hampshire GOP primary poll has Trump at 62%, Haley at 35%, 3% undecided. Again, I still don't go by the polls. I think the polls are very uh, one-sided. They're very inaccurate. And again, we're going to see this. We're going to see this come the general election. Suddenly the polls are now one-sided. You know, we got to don't take them. Say, look, you should never take polls seriously, regardless if they're for your guy or not. There again, the average polling group is like a thousand. And we talked about the Edmondson College. I, I've given you this example time and time again. Edmondson College said we polled a thousand people, 50 percent of which were Republicans and had a massive, massive lead for Trump. I think DeSantis polled at like 9%. Nikki Haley was above him. The polls were wrong. DeSantis took a much higher percentage than they actually initiated, initially thought he would. The polls were off. Now they said, well, they got Trump right. Well, that's not hard to see. Let's just, let's, let's use that same logic. Let's, let's poll the left. Let's say another candidate comes up to say like this other gentleman who's running as a Democrat. We talked about him last show. Let's put him and Biden against each other. Who do you think is going to poll the best? Well, it's clearly Biden. He's established. He's the incumbent. He's the front runner. Naturally, he's going to have a high percentage rating. So people try and use that to try and, you know, show their, their, their projected poll to be authentic. It's not hard to call that one. It's really not. Trump is a very big player in the GOP. He does have a very, very, very loyal following behind him. So to sit there and say, my polling predicts he's going to be the front runner. It's like, um, it's kind of common sense. But then when you get into the nitty gritty details of the actual polling and placement, they were wrong. They had Trump polling higher. They had DeSantis polling way lower. They had him in single digit percentiles in some places. He came out at what, 21, 21 degree or 21, good Lord, 20%. Point that I'm trying to make is don't trust the polls at all. I read just a tweet from Charlie Kirk today. He's already saying, don't look at the polls. <laughs> Stands to reason, doesn't it? But no, we got to believe the polls when it works for us. And don't trust them when it works against us. Makes perfect sense if you don't think about it. In all states besides New Hampshire, Trump leads by no less than 30 points. I really did want to see how DeSantis was going to do in New Hampshire. I really did, just for the polling percentage uh, reasoning. Haley also trails Trump in the Granite State by about 15 points, highlighting Haley's bleak path to the GOP nomination. If she can't win here or come close to it, it'll be a tough sell to stay in the race till South Carolina four weeks later. Politico Playbook reported Monday. Uh, Nate Cohn, the New York Times chief political analyst, wrote Monday, the polling undoubtedly shows Haley's inevitable resignation from the race. So Trump can turn his focus to, of defeating President Joe Biden. So without a monumental shift in the race, he will secure the nomination in short order, he said. It's going to be Trump. Trump will be the nominee. Haley, I, I think, I mean, the only reason I could see her staying in, are you gunning for a VP slot? I, I don't think she's going to get it. If she does, I really feel like this is going to throw the GOP into just, or MAGA into massive turmoil. Now, the anarchy, the anarchist in me sometimes kind of like, well, I'm kind of here to see that. It'd be kind of interesting, don't you think? But at the same time, it's like if you really want to take on the general election, do not make Nikki Haley your VP. Trump get access, gets, gains access to her donor base, which is a very big donor base, her voters. Uh, but I don't know. He's already got DeSantis' people. I don't know how many DeSantis people are going to go vote in favor of Trump. If you do, great. If you don't, great. I personally don't care which one you do. I mean, I understand their reasoning. I get that they just generally don't like Joe Biden. I get your positioning here. I just can't agree to it. So that's where I stand. Um, and it could be, it's going to be a random pick. Trust. I mean, vice, uh, vice president, Mike Pence, that was a random pick. Didn't see that one coming. So, I mean, it could be, nobody really knows. I mean, there's, there's, um, political prophecies out there. All it's really going to be is like, let's just wait and see. We can all speculate. We can all make the assumptions. None of us really know. And, uh, I don't know, but like, I do think, um, Oh, hold on. Gore responded. He said, uh, 14 CFR section uh, says the owner operator is primarily responsible for maintaining the aircraft in an airworthy condition to include airworthiness, directive, comply. Uh, he's out there quoting stats. We know you're smart, Gore. Uh, therefore, the airline industry who bought the planes and flies is responsible unless there's a 
an addendum in the contract that says the airplane company, Boeing, Airbus, that has requirements. No, I get that. I understand that part. But it's like, how often do you think they actually do these these maintenance check PMCSs, if you will? So, oh, Alec Baldwin. Yeah, thank you for that. Uh, tater salad in the, the rumble check. Eric Bauer and Kiliga. He's being indicted by a grand jury. Who saw that coming? I think that hit on Friday. I was like, holy crap. You're actually going after, you're going after this guy. Didn't see that coming at all. Didn't see it coming. And now Alec Baldwin back in the news. So we'll see. We will see. I, I'm, you know, he should be. He should be. You, you killed a woman. You put your finger on the trigger. You were playing around. You didn't clear the, you didn't clear it. You didn't check the ammunition. That's gun ownership 101. The fact is you didn't respect it anymore. You started playing with toys you shouldn't be playing with and you murdered somebody. So we'll see. All right, folks, that does it for today's episode of the All-American Savage Show podcast. Josh should be back with us in the studio tomorrow. Appreciate your love and support. Thank you for all the new Rumble subscribers. Make sure you hit that like button. You hit that follow. We'll be back tomorrow with more news. I'm not going to lie. Now it's going to be fun to finally start punching back against the left versus MAGA. Although MAGA still going to be in the crosshairs. They, they put themselves in the crosshairs. It's not my fault. They put themselves in the crosshairs. So we'll see. But like I said, yeah, my word. I'm not campaigning. I'm not campaigning against Donald Trump. I'm not going to be one of those people. You should never vote for that. I'm just not. I'm just not going to do it. So that's my positioning on this one. My team's out of the playoffs. Now I'm going to sit back and I'm going to watch this unfold and we'll take this one step at a time. So until next time, I appreciate you. Make sure you follow me at JohnBurke39 over on Twitter. Give me a shout out there. And until tomorrow, stay savage, America.